the wannabes. We're back. Well, we're we're double back. We're doubling back. We're back again. Got another interview. One I'm just as excited about. And I got some thoughts. This is fiction, man. Uh, before we get into it, I'm going to talk about myself, my run uh, at the nightclub recently. So if you if you don't really care about the preamble, I'll link uh, in the description when fiction's interview starts. But uh, just a, a few things about the interview first. Uh, I bring up fiction's Twitter during the interview, but I don't think I do enough to fill in someone who might not follow him or go on Twitter generally as much as I do. Um, I don't want to read his tweets out loud, but here's what you need to know. Fiction wears his heart on his sleeve. He expresses his struggles with the big ideas like life, life's meanings and finding happiness, sometimes intensely, sometimes tongue-in-cheek. He has firm opinions about Melee, sometimes being a bit sharp for some people's taste. If you were to only know him for his gameplay and his Twitter account, I wouldn't blame you if you came away as something less than a fan. If you didn't like him just off that, then I'm not going to come after you because that's what Twitter is sometimes. It doesn't capture nuance well and it can't capture tone either. But here's the more important and the more positive part. In the last few years, Fiction has become one of my favorite players in Melee. This was cemented back in 2019 when he flew out to see me on Land 4 in Albany, a regional, where he actually won the whole thing, beating Ginger, Toussaint, and Jmook. Uh, but his performance wasn't what won me over. He was the one seed, after all. Uh, rather, his demeanor and attitude after Bracket is what was most impressive. Turns out, Fiction is an incredibly likely person. He's humble, he's funny, he's a good hang. He has an affinity for small talk as well as safe, casual, legal drug use. This all was reaffirmed last month when he came back to New York, this time to the Big Apple for Function 3 and the nightclub beforehand. Same guy, same great player, different character in Chic, which was very cool for me since I made the change to Chic myself, well, against Marth, but I got to chat with him again. Uh, he remembered me just vaguely enough to both check and smooth my ego. And, you know, compared to other top players, he's a very comforting presence. I really like how this guy carries himself, how he treats strangers in the scene. And now, after recording this episode, how he approaches the game overall. I think we could all be a bit more like fiction. For my part, as an interviewer, I wish I had prepared a bit more. Off mic, I mentioned a borrowed metaphor to him that I wanted to, quote, put coins in his jukebox and let him do the rest, <laughs> which he did. I just didn't really bring enough quarters, you know. Regardless of improvements from my end, the conversation came out really well, and I think he had a good time. I certainly did. Okay. If you want to listen to fiction and not me, you could skip ahead. But uh, I want to talk a bit about my experience, how I've been doing. Um, entered Bracket for the first time in, I think, a month uh, due to various normal reasons. Um, there was a week off after function. And then I think there was like a COVID. I don't know. Just haven't been entering. 
but I have been playing and still interested in. I've been recording podcast episodes, so my mind's been in melees. Just um, you know, haven't been putting the time in. So went to uh, went to the bracket. I think I did pretty well. Uh, I believe I got seventh. Um, winning against Willie P was the most notable win there, and um, lost super hard to uh <laughs> to hacks um it was crazy actually i i like omega lost on stream and um it was just one of those things where i think in the fox ditto if you don't have you got to come sharp and if someone is better than you and comes sharp it just it just exponentially changes the way the game goes like uh, you know, I have beaten Hacks once before this year, so it's not like it's impossible, but he wasn't sharp that day and I was. So that's the only time you can really make upsets. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a tough game. And a funny thing happened. Um, I lost, didn't really, didn't hurt my feelings too much because it was just like a holy shit, this guy's on and I couldn't shake him off his on, you know. Um, but I stepped away, started playing my boy Rascal. Uh, another Fox, uh, good, good player. And I was just on, I, I, something just clicked for me where I was playing really nice and got a good amount of friendlies up against them. Um, later against hacks, I got another friendly or two at the tournament and I told him that and he goes, yeah, a lot of people tell me that I, uh, kind of kick them into shape and, uh, I don't know who else would feel that way. I guess it is kind of common. You play a fox that's just super fast and clean and it, maybe there's something that jumbles up in our brain that is like yo step it up man get get into it but regardless um thankfully with with that being kicked into shape um i got to play against uh what to call canagar smoky blunts uh jumbo goku joints and uh take the win on that with one of our closer sets recently um i'm ecstatic about how the season's going in our head to head. Um, it's, I have a bit of a streak going against a player that I thoroughly respect. We go way back. Um, lifetime I m- might be starting to edge him out a little bit because it has been a back and forth battle between the two of us. Um, and that's all good vibes e- either way. Um, whoever takes it is usually pretty, uh, pretty okay with the fact, unless, we we've had a set recently where it was just it was just bad melee all around, so it's hard to feel good about that. But yeah, Eric, to his credit, was um pretty uh, very gracious afterwards. Um, happy about how we played. Um, and immediately after that, I had to play Kata. I believe I took the last time the last set we played. Um, Kata kind of beat me decidedly, though. I took one game, kind of eked it out, but. Um, yeah, his punish game was just, was just too sharp, too good. Um, and the better player won. So not, not too bad. Lost two Fox dittos, beat a, a great Sheik. I'm sorry, great Peach in Willie P and a great Fox in, in Kanagar. So, um, solid bracket. I, I'm happy with that. I, you know, I, I think it's important to take a lot of these things as they come rather than contextualize or narrativize every single bracket we have. And it goes both ways, right? If if we put too much meaning into our 
good tournaments are uh, over performances or even just playing well and, and placing seed, then the tournaments where we get upset hurt that much more, right? It's trying to find a bit more of an even keel to all these things. And right now, I'm trying to be a lot more like I'm, I'm thinking more about the games I played against Rascal in between the sets rather than too much of the gameplay that was happening during the sets. Um, Cause in a lot of ways we have more control over the time outside of bracket or between bracket. That's the preparation, right? That's the time that we need to dedicate towards our next game. And then when we're in it, the prep comes together and it comes down to, you know, two to five games. Um, whether or not we're going to take the win and putting too much emphasis on what we can control in game, I think is what kind of squeezes the butterfly too much. Right. I I think there's a little bit of control that we need to relinquish within each set and trust the prep and the time we spent outside and and everything else, our, our mindset, just let it go for a little bit, stay present, you know, definitely try. I'm not saying don't try, but, um, you know, it's, it's important to kind of find a, a layer of removal or, or, um, separating our ego a little bit. And this is kind of coming to mind based off the interview with fiction. I think that we have some similarities. I, 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 I'm not surprised at the way he approaches the game and the reason I kind of gravitated towards him as a person as as someone i like in the scene um because he kind of captures this sort of give and take this um this kind of ironic relationship with being a good or top player or an improving player where you know you can't want it too much and if you're doing the work it it kind of needs to be a little natural. It, it needs to be enjoyable to some extent. It doesn't need to be entirely fun the whole time, but it needs to be, there needs to be something you're getting out of every step of the process. And he talks a bit later, you're, you're going to hear most of, of this, but kind of reflecting on, on what he's saying or what he says, he mentions, um, the time he put into the game later into his career, the the uh, VOD review and the frame data and the the lab work, lab work as um, kind of the the third or fourth or fifth step, and that kind of putting him over the edge, right? Where talent can only take you so far. There's certain work that needs to go into it, and for me, that work is the the next layer of the of the cake right it's the next next piece of the puzzle there's the fun stuff there's the stuff we find ourselves doing the the you know unranked or the playing with homies or the smash fests or you know friendlies after bracket whatever and then there's the work the vod review the um the gun the going to the gym type stuff which um you know, it, it might contradict what I just said, where there, you know, you need to be getting something out of it. But at the same time, it's 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 a very difficult game, and 
there's enjoyment to be had of improving, of getting better. That comes from looking back at yourself and saying, okay, I, I stepped up. I didn't feel like doing it, but I knew I needed to, or I knew that's, that's what I wanted to achieve my goals, or that's what I need to do to improve and, and feel good at the end of the day and, and prolong the joy and blah, 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 blah. There's, uh, there's a lot to dissect from a top player, someone who was in contention for top five and still is a threat to beat pretty much anyone in the, the game right now. There's a lot to be gleaned from this person's approach. Fiction is coming at it saying, I'm switching characters not because I want to be an optimal player or I think on paper the best way to win is to have a try main, but rather the best way to have fun is to be good at three characters and whoever feels right for me gets to be the character I play that match. It's it's a wild approach that is kind of going under the radar because fiction is seen as this sort of um this outsider or not not an outsider a a a unique thinker a um an anomaly fiction's out here doing what fiction do and god bless them but don't look too closely you'll 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 lose yourself i i think that's wrong i i think um i think if there was a stock market for melee players i would be I would be putting a bunch of money into fiction and holding. Big time holding. It's got a lot of good. Fiction's game Connect Break All Limits is on Steam Early Access on January 5th, 2024. It's coming up. Get yourself on the waitlist or do what you gotta do. Pick it up right when it's available. Without any more hesitation, here is Fiction. So for a long time, we've known this player as one of the best to do it out of SoCal as a fox. If you're following the scene in any way, you'll know that he is still relevant and no longer playing fox. Uh, out here, absolutely changing the metagame, sharing what he finds and sharing what he thinks. I'm extremely happy to have Fiction on the show. Fiction, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem at all. This is definitely something I've been looking forward to. I was ecstatic when you agreed. And uh, <laughs> funny enough, I, I didn't remember this, but apparently I reached out like March or February of 2020 <laughs> to, to have you on. And then crazy, um, like right before the pandemic <laughs> hit. <laughs> yeah, we had some uh, reasonable distractions there. Um, but yeah, I, I actually got a chance to see you when you came to New York. Um, I think yeah, it's cool seeing you again. You're on the record uh, saying it was a good time, so that was <laughs> that was nice to see that that we were proper hosts. You're like they can't take that away from us. <laughs> sure, sure can't. Um, and you know, I, I've been thinking about how to bring this up, but I, I hope you um, take this the right way. But you were someone that before I had met you, 
I wasn't, you know, people represent themselves online and they just have a personality and I knew you were a great player, um, but I didn't really get to know you or meet you or, or whatever. And when I, when I finally got a chance to meet you a couple of years back at an upstate tournament, I think I told you this in person, but you had the biggest delta of what I expected and who you were <laughs> out of any, any person I've ever met in melee. Um, you have such big thoughts and you, t- and especially on Twitter, you like really are fully unfiltered and just wrangling with these conceptual ideas of, of humanity and like our existence and things that are not usually <laughs> built for Twitter's platform of, of short <laughs> quippy conversations, but you, you're just kind of like laying it out there and simultaneously you're one of the most down to earth approachable, um, you know, personable people. I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> and so it's, it's, um, it was a really interesting kind of, uh, realization. I, I mean, do you, do you think of yourself as ha- having that dichotomy or do you, do you just kind of do your <clears throat> thing and, and not really give it a second thought? Hmm. I think, I'm not particular. I think I'm I'm particularly weak at a presentation in general, and it's something that I think I want to work on a lot, or I'm trying to work on a lot. But I think that like for a long time, I've kind of been feeling like, well, can't really like present. Like I like I I feel like I I can't like uh, present myself in like a way that is like both myself and kind of like. Um, congruent with like what people like would expect. I don't know how to describe that. Like I, I, I feel like I have a tough time being genuine and then also being like in a way that you would like expect me to be when you meet me, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. I feel like, but I feel like I'm like, well, I feel like I have thoughts to say. I have like value I can contribute. So I'll just go with that. And then I'll just kind of make it work the best I can. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes that can create sort of like that interesting uh dichotomy but uh i feel like i'm i'm putting in some work to try to make those things a little bit more congruent you know right and and there was a uh kind of a break from twitter somewhere in there right <clears throat> yeah i think it was during uh 2020 right or something like that uh, yeah i think it was just during i think it was during 2020 my research has failed me uh or my lack thereof knowing exactly when that period was i, I do know it was it was a thing where it was like Okay, not having fiction on Twitter is actually like we we miss them. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to see that I was missed a little bit. I think that um, I think that I also that I just sort of like kind of allowed myself to get sort of riled up by everything on Twitter, and I think <clears throat> that I would sort of contribute like i would sort of like let myself get riled up, and then I'd be like, well, now I'm gonna make a tweet that'll like kind of rile other people up, and I think my interactions with the platform were fun up to a certain point. And then like, eventually I feel like I gathered a little bit too much. um, I don't know what the word is like negative reply guys or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like every tweet that I made, I would just get like a bunch of like weird people on it. Like, what's he saying now? Like to like a, a totally different level than like, you know, I would consider like the average just like being on on Twitter, which is going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. And I so I think I like kind of reached a point where I was like, whoa, like my interactions with this platform are like not positive, despite like 
me kind of having fun the whole way getting there. And then I felt like I got there and I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't fun anymore. And I felt like I was at a point where like, I wasn't able to express myself at all because expressing myself or saying anything was kind of getting like taken down this like very specific like branding direction or like labeling direction that I really didn't like. So I just decided to kind of like dip. <laughs> and then, you know, after quite a while, I felt like I could probably come back and uh, still enjoy the platform again. But I've, I've made a bit of an effort to not like get into kind of like big back and forths or to uh, mention. I try not to mention like people by name because I feel like that gets to people a lot. Like if you if you criticize some sort of like followed person you just get like every gremlin that follows them is now like your dedicated hater who has nothing else to do you know sure yeah so you learn <laughs> to kind of navigate the the negativity a bit i i mean i think um what i gained from besides just the the <laughs> the content of what you're saying um and and the the ideas you're wrangling with and it's, it's very thought-provoking and, and a reason why you were missed in the first place is that you were um, a recognizable and authoritative person in the scene. And I think melee players have a um, kind of a, a call to authority that for better or for worse, we, we add a lot of weight to players in your position. Right. And mm -hmm. when you are being expressive, when you're being uh, definitely genuine and just putting it out there for, for people to read, then it's not always just about like, you know fox does this or or anything manly related <laughs> it's it's more about kind of you know it, it was a lot of what um partially inspired what this podcast is mostly about which is trying to understand like what our feelings around this game are like what what is this experience like what what's even going on here mm -hmm. um and i can see that being very difficult to separate from the normal conversations or the normal kind of yeah, uh, no, definitely. That people have like people who don't take the game seriously, don't take conversations around the game seriously, or the players seriously, and th those people are, I think, to be just disregarded and ignored. Like they're not, mm -hmm. they're not in the same space. Like they are not at the locals where we're having these oh conversations no. and, and actually like engaging with other humans. So mm -hmm. it, it it's tough. It's like you know. I've I've only recently gotten some negative comments on Twitter. I've gotten to that point, pats on the back, but dude, it sucks. It it genuinely feels bad. So uh, kudos for being able to kind of take what you need uh, or take the time you need to to separate and then feel like all right, there's still good to be gotten from this platform. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's like it's less about like hate you know, like it's less about people being like, you're trash or like, you're really stupid or something like that. Like that doesn't really, I feel like that's easier to hand wave than just like responses where like people like genuinely like are like, they think they're positively interacting with you, mm -hmm. but they're interacting with their like imaginary clown smash player only version of you. <laughs> And they're like, oh, man, like imaginary smash player clown, like made a tweet. Like, oh, I'm definitely going to go like respond to that. Like, I love that guy. And it's like they they actually are just like the worst because they're just completely misinterpreting like mm. everything you're saying under like their preconceived notion of like 
silly Smash player man, you know? And I feel like that, like, got to me significantly more, like, than, um, you know, people just being, like, haters or whatever. Wow. Okay. So it was sort of just the, the feeling of being completely misunderstood, like, you, yeah, like yeah. it was like everybody just not everybody, but there were like a significant number of people who like really latched on to like labels that I didn't like appreciate, you know? Right. Okay. And I, and I could tell, even though even if their interactions are like kind of like they think they think it's positive, you know, it's not. <laughs> so so what are your kind of um what what are your strategies around being more you, you <clears throat> mentioned up top that you're working on getting better at this exact struggle, right? Like mm-hmm. being closer to kind of who you are and what you represent and, and kind of um, consolidating those two things or at least bring them closer together. Are, are you looking at other avenues for expression? Are you, I know you have, um, you've been talking about a game that you've been making for a long time. Like mm-hmm. it is, is this sort of all coming into the same sort of strategy here or are these kind of disparate ideas here? Yeah, I think, my sort of immediate solution was more to just like avoid those types of people in general by like the strategies I was saying before, like not mentioning people's names and stuff like that. Like, I feel like what, if you can avoid that, like sort of brain frequency in general, cause what you really don't want is you really don't want like, you know, some, some fan of some other, you know, public figure or whatever is like sending a tweet to like another like dumb fan of that person and like haha check it out like new fiction tweet you know like sure. they're just like like those there's just the a, a specific vibe that uh is like pretty easily avoidable by avoiding certain like basic mistakes on twitter i feel like but then like in addition to that i feel like i'm also trying to um hmm yeah, I do think express myself in other avenues. Like, obviously, there's, like, the game dev. I'm trying to get a little bit more into, like, music and stuff like that. Uh, trying to find other ways to sort of, like, let the energy out. And then also putting a little bit more thought into, like, exactly what I'm saying on Twitter. <laughs> like, I feel like I really like the unfiltered nature of things. But I feel like... um if what I'm working on is specifically presentation, then like a slightly more filtered version can be the most genuine thing because it's like literally like what is, you know, most present in my mind while I'm working on stuff. Right. And I think that's why I kind of like made that sort of self joke the other day where I made sort of like a more well thought out post instead of just sort of reflexively responding and then I, but I felt the need to like post like another post that sort of made a joke about, you know, what I would have normally posted or whatever. And in some people's eyes, invalidating the value of like the first, you know, tweet about competition or whatever. Um, but I don't really care about that because I feel like, no, the point was to be like, okay, look, these were my genuine thoughts, but also like, I want to show that I'm still that I'm not just like filtering it and saying something that like I did also have this first thought and you know decided to like kind of maybe rephrase it or something. Uh, basically, I realized I can kind of be just as genuine while filtering as long as I'm doing it in like a way that is uh, towards that goal. Right. 
It just because and it seems obvious, but maybe not so much to me sometimes. <laughs> no, I, I'm I totally understand that. I think um, there's a a concept. I'm I'm into comedy and stand up and and perform it and all that. And um, I'm reading this, oh, nice. this book about kind of the evolution of like modern comedy, and, and this concept comes up of being genuine and, and truthfulness in comedy. That mm-hmm. just because you are being truthful or being honest that's not exactly the closest thing to what you're actually trying to say. Like being, mm-hmm. being reflexive isn't necessarily being true. Like it's, it's almost, it's yeah, word yeah. for word what you're saying right now. And and it is a struggle because there's, you know, you can't go too side too too far the other side of the spectrum either, where you're being yeah, extremely definitely. calculated. Then what do you even, then there's nothing left to be filtered. You know, it's like, Right. No, that's so that's such a good way to put it. It's, and I do yeah. think that there's like value to responding reflexively, but I think that sometimes it's important to like like you gotta you gotta you gotta trust yourself that like, you know, if I if you give your snap judgment that it's gonna be good. But then like if you give a bunch of snap judgments and then you look and you're like, Okay, these could be better, then maybe time to take a step back, add a little bit of filtering, add a little bit of extra thought, re implement that, you know, into your standard, your autopilot and stuff like that. And then maybe you can go back to trusting those reflexive thoughts a little bit more is like my mindset on it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and it, it takes me to the difference between what we're talking about, which is like, w- which is self-expression and, and um, formulating ideas and thoughts and, and being um, for lack of a better term, a bit more insular where these are things that you are, you are dwelling on, you are considering, and then expressing it outwards as opposed to um, maybe conversations you're having at vertigo, for example, or, or tournaments you travel to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's, from my experience, I find a lot more depth in, I mean, obviously there's more depth when you are able to, you know, speak back and forth and have a, uh, mm-hmm. a dialogue in real time. But I, I think that, there's a discrepancy between the melee community we might see online versus the same people just talking or even if they're bullshitting, there's something a, a lot more, I think, closer to what's on their mind. It almost feels mm-hmm. like two different communities sometimes. Um, and, and my question to you is like, what types of things come up when you are entering tournaments every week? Is it just you're there for the game and you're enjoying the game and it's kind of um, more easygoing and, and less existential maybe or or do you find yourself having these same types of conversations and and facilitating this this deeper thought after bracket or shit maybe even during bracket uh with other players Mm -hmm. um i feel like if we're hanging out after the event then we'll talk about stuff like that or like we'll talk a little bit deeper you know and stuff like that like i think like the the post event hangout and i feel like that's true at you know, when I travel and stuff too, like mm. you go to a tournament, you'll go out to like a bar or something afterward. And that's when people start like really talking about stuff, you know? <laughs> right. Um, I feel like at the event, um, it's a lot more like sometimes people will get into conversations, but like, I don't know. It definitely feels like a your social brain kind of like lights up and there's a lot more like surface level, not in a bad way, but you know, like you're just kind of hanging out, you know, how'd you, how'd you set go? Like, ah, oh, yeah. Like, I love Stomp Knee, you know? <laughs> like, there's a lot more of that type of conversation and stuff like that. But I feel like, uh, I feel like 
that like the part that you're supposed to get out of the in-person part is is that like you're supposed to just be connecting with people more so than like deeply reflecting in my opinion or like that's kind of like how how i interpret it um so i definitely just go to the tournament like i go to the tournaments for for the people at the tournament like i'm not yeah i'm not like <laughs> like i feel like i have already like defeated the fear in my heart in terms of tournaments <laughs> like it, yeah like yeah. i feel like i just show up and i do my best and when somebody's gameplay is better than me they win and sometimes you know sometimes they'll win because of some other like mental reason or something I'm going through. But like, ultimately like the tournament is, you know, to, to, to hang out with other people and uh, the competition is like a fun extra part on that. Yeah. Quick, quick, hard agree on that. Um, but what comes to mind is, is your character changes recently where, mm -hmm. I mean, there's no, there's no way around it when, when a person is experimenting or straight up switching characters, um, there's going to be a dip in results every time. That's just mm -hmm. you're, you're playing with a different. Yeah, no, size. no way to avoid that. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're changing your glove. You're you're doing new, you know, golf, whatever. Like you, you I want to hear your experience with this and kind of what what might have um, given you the the impetus to make these changes first to Falco, then to Sheik. Um, I'm I, I'm sure part of it is the enjoyment of figuring out the intricacies and labbing these characters because of what you're posting mm -hmm. on Twitter. Uh, give me the, the rundown. What, what goes through your mind? Um, I think it, I think for the, for the switch to Falco, that was a little bit unplanned. I think I was feeling pretty bored with Fox. Like, I feel like I like kind of figured out, you know, like Fox, like I feel like at this point, Fox has been like fairly standardized. And I feel like a lot of, like a lot of the matchups, I just knew all my goals. I knew what to do. I would do those things and kind of win. And, you know, maybe it's not the same like, when you're playing like top fivers in the world and stuff like that. But I feel like it was especially like it was like the online era. There wasn't like I wasn't I, I don't think I would have ever switched off Fox if COVID hadn't happened. Like, I think if, like, the tournament scene just continued, because I was on, like, a really good, like, oh, I'm kind of, like, you know, definitely, I was definitely, like, in top 10. I was, like, seated, like, seventh, stuff like that, like, mm -hmm. majors. And, like, I feel like I would have kept it going for, like, the more, like, the fun of the competition. But I feel like I didn't really like competing online. And so it kind of just, like, killed my enjoyment in Melee. And, um just sort of was playing a little bit of Falco because I got annoyed that like Magi wasn't edge guarding with laser and stuff like that. Like I was just watching some videos like, Oh, she never edge guards. And then like decided to play some Falco. And then I was like, wait, like I'm actually enjoying the game again, you know, because there's so much I don't know and stuff like that. And, um, and then I feel like that kind of opened up my mind to the idea that like, sometimes you just don't feel like, like your your mind does not feel like flowing in the way that this character should be played. <laughs> and so I feel like that's why now I'm sort of like, I don't know if you've seen lately, I've been doing like the triple. I've been doing mm -hmm. Fox and Falco and Sheik, and I try to switch characters like every game. And I feel like the every game switch is definitely just as like a fun little challenge to try to get myself used to it quicker. Right. But ultimately, like the purpose of it is like, 
there's a, like a lot of times you play one game as as Falco and you realize you don't really want to play Falco. You want to play Fox or you want to play Sheik. And the same is true with the others. Sometimes you play Sheik and you're like, oh, I just feel so constrained. I want to play some Fox, you know? And I feel like uh, there's usually this up and down flow with kind of like every character. is like you main one character. Sometimes you really love them. Sometimes you, eh, you don't love them as much. And I feel like, well, I kind of got to the point where... <laughs> I can play like characters with several different like energies that are like the way you should play them. And so I can kind of just switch now um, depending on like the way I feel about it and like kind of maximize my enjoyment for the game that Mm -hmm. way, because ultimately like that's what matters, you know, like is how much you're enjoying it. If you're not enjoying what you're doing, (laughs) you're kind of like wasting your time or like not you're, if you're not enjoying what you're doing and you're choosing to do that thing, then you're wasting your time. That's what I, that's what I mean to say. Right. Right. I, I, what came to mind was the phrase, uh, optimizing for fun. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and, and it's a, it's a strange concept because it should be right in front of us the whole time. It's, it's the reason we got into video games in the first place. We didn't get into gaming to, I mean, maybe some of us got into it to be the best or to, you know, but why do we like being the best? Why? Because we beat the, our our next door neighbor and that was fun it, it yeah, feels good yeah to, exactly to beat that person and so you know like some of the most fun i've had in this game recently one one moment comes to mind was when i was playing uh, beer man a couple months ago and i lost but i came out of that saying like i just played a legend and we had a good set like holy shit you know what i mean so mm-hmm. so kind of separating the results and the the victory seems like a a tough thing for a lot of players and and it seems like it's something in your shoes that like you've kind of seen the peak of melee so to speak like there's not much fur- further to go unless you want it to be the number one in the world than yeah. than where you were <laughs> and so i'm really curious like what what that process was because there had to have been conversations in your head of like okay where do i take my relationship with this game like how do i need to treat this and and like the consideration of of taking melee to be your like your career your full-time income your your everything is is that uh, i'm sure that's still top of your mind you're still a top player i'm not saying this is behind you but it seems like a, yeah. you've, you've turned a corner in in your relationship to the game um and it feels like you're almost more more secure with it I, am i off base here no, I think calling it more secure is definitely a good way to say it. I think, um, <laughs> like, I think I reached a point where I fully convinced myself that, like, being number one at the game was something I was technically capable of. Um, like, in terms of, like, okay, you just, you know, sit down for a few years and <laughs> and you grind the game. And... I feel like I was at a point where it was like, okay, like I was reasonably close to it. I could feel, I could feel what I needed to do to get there. Um, and I feel like that is enough for me only because I don't enjoy the game that much. <laughs> okay. Like I don't enjoy it to the point where like, I've never, like, I've never been able to really grind this game, like, ever. <laughs> like, I, I did, before Big House 2019, I did, like, three weeks of, like, four hours a day. And that was, like, the biggest, craziest grind I've ever done, ever. And mm. that was, like, one of my best runs, of, like, of my career. 
And so I see that that is there. But like, if I play melee for like four or five hours one day, and I'm not at like a national, obviously, because at a national, you just want to go, 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 game, game, game. That's the fun part. Mm -hmm. But like, if I'm just, if I'm at home and I'm grinding like four hours or something, the next day I do not want to play. I'm like, dude, there's like, there's, there's diminishing returns here, you know? Sure. And I feel like, um, I don't get much out of just practicing more so that I make sure that I hit every edge guard and like that just not, it's not going to do that much for me. (laughs) Like ultimately I feel like I played the game to like learn about myself and I feel like I kind of got to a point in it where like I, I, I got what the game could give me honestly. And I feel like I'm like, there's still some times where I'm like, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I do get even better at the game, but like, when I play the game for like good amounts of time, I feel pretty like, okay, <laughs> like I don't feel like, Oh, I just need to grind more tomorrow so I can make sure I hit that combo. <laughs> right. It's like, that just doesn't do as much for me as like trying to learn something new or, you know, expanding my, my mind in like other ways. Like I, I feel like if I became, if I, if I have right now dropped everything and did a, like grinding nonstop for a year and somehow became like the number one player, I don't think that I would feel any different inside. And I think that is like, that just means that like, oh, you should probably do something more worth it with your time in, in a lot of ways, you know? Right. No, that is, and I, and yeah, go on. And I honestly, oh, sorry, what's up? No, go on, please. And I, I honestly feel like, like, um, if I had had nothing else, maybe I would have, I would have gone through with it. Um, but I think that like, I think I put like three number one of melee's worth of energy into making my game maybe more. <laughs> like I'm not even joking. <laughs> like so, like I feel like I, I it wasn't that like you know I didn't have enough energy to put in to something. I think I I put it all into making my game during like the years where, you know, maybe I just wouldn't have cared about anything except being number one at the game and like all of my all of my motivation and stuff has has really gone into making my my video game how much of a kind of fork in the road was that or was it a series of decisions where like what what was the initial steps towards making your game and and at what stage of your melee career did that like become more a part of your life um i would say i started like playing around with the idea kind of working on stuff like in college so that was kind of like before i was really that good at melee like i was kind of playing around with game development stuff um say like yeah i was definitely good at melee like i'd say like development began like kind of more seriously on the game in like 2015 and i think that uh yeah like i was already i was already like like i think like when i when i started going really really hard on the game in 2015 that was when i was kind of like semi-retired from melee like i took my like three-year break and so it really felt like, okay, I did this melee thing. Like, I'm kind of done with it. Like, time to, like, you know, try, time to put everything into, like, game development and stuff like that. And I feel like I never really, like, switched back to melee as being, like, something that, like, really was, like, my number one thing. Like, I feel like after that, I came back in 2018, and I was like, I could just get good again. Like, I'm kind of, like kind of been gone for a while there was like now there's like net play and stuff was better uh i felt like the game was like a little bit like refreshed in my head 
and I wanted to compete and I still had things to gain from it back then. Um, but I, like, like I think basically after 2015, at any point, if you had asked me to give up either melee or game dev, I would have thrown melee away. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So not the community, but I would have definitely stopped playing the game. <laughs> sure. No, I, I think that's clear is like where, where your priorities are. It's just, it, it is a, um, a kind of a unique situation you're in where your commitment to the game, um, doesn't reflect how good you are at it right it is a it's a thing that i think a lot of people have to come to terms with is um you don't you have no obligation to be and entering every tournament and like traveling the country and like finding a sponsor and and doing everything expected of a top player just because you're good at it like doesn't mean you want to (laughs) doesn't mean you want to like do these things that are tertiary to what being in the community really is which is like playing the game which is fun and has a lot to get out of it and just in terms of like enjoyment or relaxing and then connection with other people that like understand what it takes to be good and and why it's it's so sick to sit down and like compete against someone else who who put a lot of time into it like that's a that's a fundamental understanding we have what we don't have is like okay why are you so fucking good at this like and and i'll (laughs) i'll 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 ask that the the i want to ask about your game um i want to hear directly from you like what um uh, what you describe it as just fundamentally from someone uh for someone who's never uh who doesn't really follow that much about game dev and doesn't know what's going on with it but first why are you so good at melee can you explain why why am i so good at melee <laughs> Ser- seriously like clear-eyed why why do you think you got so good hmm I'm trying to think. Um, let's see. I'll be honest. <laughs> kind of always just felt like everybody was bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like it just like even from when I started, like it just kind of felt like, oh, okay, like they're doing this. So if I do this, I'll win. And then I try doing that and I lose and I go, huh, I thought that'd be enough. Why wasn't it enough? And then I'll just look and I'm like, oh, needed to do this and that. And then I come back and do this and that next time. And the other person is still the same. And so I win. (laughs) And I feel like that just like repeated a bunch of times. And then, and I feel like I was doing it very subconsciously or like very like unthinkingly kind of for a long time. And then I think, um, I started like 20, like when I came back, like 2018, 2019, I feel like I started like thinking about the game a little bit more and like labbing a little bit more and actually like watching my losses a little bit and stuff like that. I never watched my losses before, like outside of, okay, I watched my losses at SSS, but I would never watch like big, like major painful losses. <laughs> right. It's um, painful. But uh, honestly, I feel like that's it. And now I feel like I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, I have all that stuff built up. And then I started like talking to Kalindi a bunch and like labbing and like actually figuring out frame data. Like for a long, I didn't know like frame data for a long time. Like people don't realize like how much stuff that I was like missing for a long time. Like I remember uh, Smash and Splash 20, 20, uh, what's the one Wizzy one? Was that 2018 or 2019? Oof. I think it was 2018. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it was 19? Okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but whatever. It was, it was like one of those. It was like I was talking to a bunch of Fox players, and I realized like I didn't know how to Armada Shine. 
<laughs> they were like, yeah, like there's like a window at the end. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? I thought it was spacing the whole time, like literally. <laughs> and like had to like have them teach me how to like Armada shine. Like I had a bunch of like weird preconceptions. Like I think I learned that like Falco's shine doesn't send straight up in like 2021. <laughs> Like I just, I was just holding left or right randomly whenever the shine hit me, <laughs> and I was like, whatever. Like, so it's like I feel like it's it's crazy because I like wasn't even like complete in so many of the ways that I played the game, you know. And so I feel like going back and adding in those things, then that just made it like kind of unfair for a lot of people. That's just like <laughs> that's how I feel about it. I feel like it was always kind of just like not that difficult to be better than like most melee players at the game. Yeah. Some people just got it. Uh, yeah. Like I don't, that's all, like, all I can say about it. It feels like people are kind of doing the same thing the next week. And so I would just change. Some people might see that as an unsatisfying answer, but I, I encourage them to look at the second half, which is you kind of hit a peak and then you had to, uh, watch VODs and learn. Like it's not all, you didn't just show up and start playing, you know. Yeah, I think you can get to top 20 kind of like raw. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then I think it's like, okay, you got to really you got to really put in some some more thought after that. Wild. <laughs> top 20. Yeah, you can do that without much effort. Uh, it's a fiction quote right there. Without much like like I think I think you can talent your way to top 20. <laughs> and then I think it's like then it's then it's a struggle. That's a that's a sick take. Oh, let me let me dwell on that as I cry in ninth place um <laughs> I'm sorry, i don't know no i'm, I'm, I'm just I'm being around. honest <laughs> no dude i'm i am fucking around um but we, we're we're nearing the end here um i just want to give you um a bit of space to talk about your game uh if you could start what it's called and then just whatever you want to describe about it i would love to hear a bit about um where okay. it's at developmentally but also um like how it's played what you're excited about yeah okay so it's called kinetic break all limits it's a 2D action platformer, uh, kind of like, think of kind of like, I don't know if you ever played like Mega Man X games, and mm -hmm. there's kind of like Zero, and he's got a sword. It's kind of based, it was loosely inspired by by Mega Man X, like Zero type of, type of like movement and stuff. Then you add in a bunch of like crazy like slope movement, like Sonic type of stuff, and then you add in the fact that like, I'm like a melee player. <laughs> As you kind of get this game where it's all about it's all about speed and it's all about freedom and uh, it's all about like solving problems in like your own way and like kind of like in it's sort of supposed to intrinsically uh, encourage the player to like find their own potential. That is like sort of the goal of the gameplay. Um, because I feel like a lot of games, they sort of are, are like they go in this direction. They're very like hardcore. They're like, oh, like you get hit once you die. Like, you know, you deserve to be punished like that. And I don't like that. Like, I don't like the game is very forgiving. Like the challenge is playing the game as best you can. It's not going to grade you, you know, what, but what it does is it makes you feel bad because you could be going faster. And so a lot of times I think if you play the game, you'll play through and the game will like let you beat it, but it, it'll feel like you, you can tell you could have done better. And so it encourages you to kind of like replay. And um, I think the, the more you push against the game and the more you, you try to get really good at it, the more it kind of pushes back. Um, and the more difficult it gets and the more interesting it gets. But I wanted to make it so that like it doesn't push people away. 
who aren't good already. Like you should be able to kind of just like hold forward and jump and slash and stuff and get like 50% of, uh, you know, the speed that somebody who's amazing could get, you know, that sounds fantastic. I'm excited to see where, <laughs> where it ends up. I'm glad you're excited. Oh yeah. And it comes out on, uh, it comes out in steam early access January 5th. So it's actually only in like a, a couple weeks. Oh man, that is exciting stuff as well. Okay, man. Well, uh, hope I get a uh, <laughs> get access. I uh, oh shit, that is that is closer than I anticipated. Yeah, yeah, it's very very soon. I'm definitely like a little anxious about it. Uh, I think releasing it in early access is a good way to uh, make me not feel so anxious about it. There's just like you know, it's not perfect. There's some elements that are more complete than others and stuff like that, but like. So much of it is done that I feel bad sitting on it for the sake of like polishing menus and stuff like that. You sure, know, sure. I'm like, no, I need to get this out there. Like I can work on any little things and little polishes and stuff like that after. But like the game is there and I want people to play it. Hey, I I can't wait. Um, thank you again for coming on, sharing some of your wisdom. Um, any plans Thank to come back for to having me? I appreciate it. you've been you've been so nice to me. I know <laughs> you've been saying so many nice things about me. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't. <laughs> I haven't uh, I haven't really been trying to. That's it. Just kind of comes up. There's a there's a reason why I reached out. And it wasn't it wasn't uh to get <laughs> to get a, a timely episode with with the game's release. It was it was to hear your thoughts and and to get a bit more insight. So yeah, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Hope man. to I see you in New York again soon. Yeah, definitely. I would love to come out again. Had a good time with you guys. <laughs> Glad to hear it. All right, man. Well, take care. Thanks again. You too. See you later.